Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do a great job. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Boo Mortensen will be joining us. Uh, We'll also visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. And Linda, my wife Linda, will be joining us at the end of the show as well. It is October the 18th, and on this day in 1867, the U.S. formally took possession of Alaska after purchasing the territory from Russia for $7.2 million or less than two cents an acre. Indigenous people settled the unforgiving territory thousands of years earlier. The Alaska Purchase comprised 586,412 square miles, about twice the size of Texas, and was championed by William Henry Seward, the enthusiastically expansion of Secretary of State under President Andrew Johnson. Russia wanted to sell to Alaska uh, the Alaska Territory, which was remote and difficult to defend, to the United States rather than risk losing it in a battle with a rival such as Great Britain. Negotiations between Seward and uh, Russian minister to the U.S. began in March 1867. However, the American public believed the land was barren and worthless and dubbed the purchase Seward's Folly and Andrew Johnson's Polar Bear Garden, among our other derogatory names. Some animosity towards the project may have been byproduct of President Johnson's own unpopularity. As the 17th President of the United States, Johnson battled with radical Republicans in Congress over Reconstruction policies following the Civil War. He was impeached in 1868 and later acquitted by a single vote. Nevertheless, Congress eventually ratified the Alaska deal. Public opinion of the purchase turned more favorable when gold was discovered in Nome, Alaska in 1899, sparking a gold rush. Alaska became the 49th state on January the 3rd, 1959, and is now recognized for its vast natural resources. Today, 25% of America's oil and over 50% of its seafood comes from Alaska. It's also the largest state in area, about one-fifth the size of the lower 48 United States combined, though it remains sparsely populated. The name Alaska is derived from Elut word Alyaska, which means great land, Alaska has two official state holidays to commemorate its origins. Seward's Day, observed the last Monday in March, uh, celebrates the March 30th, 1867 signing of the uh, treaty uh, with Russia. And Alaska Day, observed on October the 18th, marks the anniversary of the formal land transfer. Alaska. Interesting story. Well, the National Coalition of Frontline Workers endorsed Governor Ron DeSantis as is at a campaign event on Saturday. I'm honored to stand with our Florida members of law enforcement, fire rescue, and health care workers across the state who unanimously voted for our organization's endorsement to re-elect Governor Ron DeSantis, the one who is, has our backs to ensure the longevity and well-being of all frontline workers. Coalition of Frontline Workers President Rick Searle DeSantis spoke to a crowd of health care workers, law enforcement officers, firefighters, emergency medical services, and veterans. 
Thanks to our frontline workers, Florida's communities are ranked among the safest in the nation. They put their lives on the line to protect our people day in and day out, DeSantis said. Frontline workers represent the best of Florida's spirit. Following Hurricane Ian, they have tirelessly worked to save lives, restore the communities, and get our state back on its feet. Florida has their back, and I'm grateful for their support, he said. The National Coalition of Frontline Workers' website says that the fight against COVID-19 lockdowns, quarantines, and coerced masking, masking its vaccine mandates unified the group. Lessons learned during this formative period will inform our efforts to organize broadly across disciplines as we expand our focus from the issue that brought us together and build our unified frontline to address a broad range of issues affecting frontline workers across our nation, the website said. Certainly true. Unfortunately, we're singing the praises of frontline workers like healthcare workers in hospitals and then decided if they didn't get vaccinated, they should be fired. That didn't happen in Florida. The Santas has been endorsed by law enforcement organizations, including Florida Police Chiefs Association, Florida State Lodge Fraternal Order of Police, Florida Professional Firefighters, Florida Police Benevolent Association, 59 sheriffs across the state, and Democrat County Commissioner and former law enforcement officer Dave Kerner. Very impressive. Governor's got a nice lead right now uh, against Charlie Crist. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Governor DeSantis, First Lady DeSantis, and their kids joined Leonard Skinner's concert, made a stage appearance, and the crowd just went absolutely crazy, chanting, USA, USA. First Lady DeSantis shared Leonard Skinner's donated $100,000 to the Florida Disaster Fund, which the Seminole Tribe then matched for a total of $200,000. The First Lady's leadership to Florida Disaster Fund has now raised $45 million. Phenomenal. We are big friends and fans of the Van Zants and Leonard Skinner. So last night we were at a concert with them in Hollywood at the Hard Rock Casino, and they made a $100,000 donation, which was matched by the Seminole Tribe. So that's 200000 more than we had, she said. Just fantastic. And Leonard Skinner concert. And cheered uh, the governor of Florida. Well, uh, in the meantime, Joe Biden has logged more than a quarter of his first 20 minutes, uh, months in office away from the White House. Since January 2021, Biden has spent 236 days of unofficial rest and relaxation. He's traveled to his homes in Robo the Beach and, Del- and Wilmington, Delaware, 55 times for a total of 174 days. And he spent 64 days at the official presidential retreat at Camp David. Uh, spending across 19 individual trips. So the president, uh, unfortunately, he gets more done when he's not in the, in the White House. These uh, horrible bills that were passed were when he was absent with COVID and all those things. But nevertheless, uh, Biden's uh, <clears throat> not showing up for work too often. Well, on Tuesday, November the 1st, President Joe Biden will travel to Fort Lauderdale to participate in a reception for Democrat gubernatorial candidate Charlie Crist uh, additional details will be released at a later date. Biden previously was scheduled to attend a rally for Chris in the end of September, which, of course, was postponed because of Ian. Chris will face off against Republican Governor Ron DeSantis in a debate on October the 24th. Uh, the website says the debate will be presented live at 7 p.m. and held at Sunrise Theater. According to two re- recent polls, DeSantis is continuing to expand his lead over Chris. One poll aggregated by Real Clear Politics gives DeSantis a seven-point lead over Christ. The partisan breakdowns <clears throat> are 37D, 
37 are and 21 non-affiliated. So the poll was conducted among 500 likely voters September the 15th to the 18th. DeSantis uh, has a major lead against uh, Charlie Crist, poor Charlie Crist. A member of the House, he changed the districts around. He realized he couldn't win that race, so he decided to go back for governor. He served as governor before Governor Scott took office. Didn't do a very good job. Well, former Democrat Tulsi Gabbard is flying to Phoenix to campaign with Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake. Lake's campaign announced Gabbard, uh, who used to be a representative from Hawaii, will appear for an Arizona Young Republican Engagement Forum in Chandler, Arizona on Tuesday, today. The event, which is scheduled to start at 7.30 p.m. local, will also feature Blake Masters, GOP candidate for U.S. Senate, and Abe Hamada, uh, the candidate for Arizona Attorney General. Gabbard, who once was vice chairwoman of the Democrat National Committee and ran for president in 2021, 2020, I should say, announced last week she was leaving the Democrat Party, claiming it is now under the control of the elitist, elitist cabal of warmongers. So that's a pretty significant change for Telsey Gabbard, and now she's using her influence, which I think is substantial, to support Republican candidates, mega candidates at that. Well, a slew of uh, poll was released, polling was released over the weekend showing Republicans hold the lead in momentum heading down the wire, with three weeks left before the 2022 campaign or midterm election. As the Republicans are trying to take back the House and Senate, the polling shows that GOP-aligned candidates have the upper hand in multiple polls when respondents were asked who they would vote for in this year's congressional elections. The New York Times-Siena College poll uh, said the Republicans are up by 4%. Uh, the Tragelfar poll uh, was taken from October the 10th to the 12th, showing the Republicans are favored by five points. The CBS uh, News uh, YouGov poll was taken October 12th to 14th. It shows Republicans are favored by two points, uh, 47 to 45%, 6% undecided. And the Rasmussen poll, in my opinion, more reliable than the others, was taken from October the 9th to the 13th, showing the Republicans are favored by seven points with likely voters. All these polls are showing that uh, some single-digit number are undecided or favoring another candidate. The Harris-Harvard poll was taken from October the 12th and 13th, showing the Republicans are favored by six points with likely voters. And, of course, as the Republican candidate currently leads on the generic ballot, much of it is on the line for the party in both House and Senate. In the House of Representatives, Republicans are trying to take back the majority and unseat uh, Nancy Pelosi from her speakership. To achieve this, Republicans need to net five seats. I think they're going to net a lot more than that. In 2018, the Democrats took the House from the Republicans, and in 2020, after striving to win back the House, the Republicans left the Democrats with the slimmest majority in modern history and gave them the upper hand in the midterms. However, the Republicans held the Senate until 2020. It's currently divided 50-50 between parties, with Democrat Vice President Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris, or whatever, however she pronounces her name these days, the tie-breaking vote for the, uh, for the left. Senate Republicans uh, must hold seats in states like Ohio and Pennsylvania and net at least one seat to put the GOP back in majority and hinder President Joe Biden's agenda. I, th I think they're going to do that. I don't think we'll need a tie-breaking vote. It's, most polls are saying it's going to end up with uh, 52 seats for Republicans. Uh, 
and it could be as many as 55. It's looking for good for Dr. Oz right now as Fetterman is beginning to fade. J.D. Vance had a great performance in his uh, debate last night. He did quite well. And uh, Kemp in Georgia apparently was uh, debating, and uh, he did very well as well. So it's looking very good uh, for the Republican Party. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' fellow Republicans are transforming education in the state, uh, targeting woke ideologies uh, tar- uh, taught in schools. He pushed a bill that would allow parents to sue schools over the teaching of critical race theory, according to Politico. Nobody wants this crap, DeSantis said in a press conference to support the act. This is an elite-driven phenomenon being driven by bureaucratic elites, elites in universities, and elites in corporate America, the governor said. And they're trying to shove it down the throats of the American people. You're not going to do that in the state of Florida, he said. If Florida truly believes we live in a post-racial society, then let's make its case, the judge wrote, according to CBS News. But it cannot win the argument by muzzling opponents. Uh, Politico, uh, this is apparently the judge decided he wanted to put a hold on this. Politico uh, reports that DeSantis is also going after corporate sanctioned racism. This is not a hostile work environment to be attacking people based on race or telling them they are privileged or that they're part of a depressive system when all they're doing is showing up for work and trying to earn a living, DeSantis said. He's right on. Very proud of uh, Governor DeSantis. So happy he's our governor. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. 
everyone. Every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CallYourSeniorCenter.org. That's CallYourSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. I hope you'll check out the website. It's thefga.org. Coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Seat Motley, the founding president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Uh, off air, we were talking about the fact that uh, you didn't have internet service right now, and uh, therefore reception on your phone was not good. So this is a tip that might be helpful uh, for a lot of listeners right now who may not have internet service, as we don't. Uh, and apparently you can go to settings on your phone and simply turn off Wi-Fi. And uh, that, will give, that will allow cellular service to take over to... Uh, <laughs> And I'm not yeah, even sure. A, I'm not even sure I understand a, what I'm talking about here, <laughs> Kathleen. But it yeah, works. Well, it, that's if your cell service and your uh, Wi-Fi are the same. So um, I'm in Ocalane Shores, and I have uh, Comcast as my uh, internet well, for Wi-Fi. <clears throat> that's been coming in and out and in and out for the last couple of days. It was out until the weekend, and now it's <clears throat> it comes in and out at the most inopportune times. It goes off when I'm in the middle of you know, sending an email or something. But my cell service is AT&T, ah. and they had a, um, a, a system problem uh, in this neck of the woods, and they had to replace a bunch of stuff. So the only way, the only way I can get phone calls, either make them or receive them, is go in the middle of the street. <laughs> and for some reason, and then I get, only then I get one bar. If I'm, in, if I'm inside, I can't get in. Uh, but you know what? I'm just lucky that I can at least go in the middle of the street and make phone calls because, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that my neighbor's letting me stay with them while we do our house. And, uh, you know, it's going to take, they've already started working. So I'm very fortunate. And yeah. think about people in Fort Myers Beach and Sanibel who they don't have anything. Yeah, no. So, well, you're coming in loud and clear, Kathleen. So <laughs> we're grateful for that. Big mouth. <laughs> So, uh, oh you know, uh, from your perspective, I know this is all, well, you uh, have an interesting perspective because, of course, you're in the state Senate and now becoming the uh, president of the Senate after the election. Just uh, wondering if, how this might impact uh, the upcoming legislative session. And I'm talking about Ian. Well, um, it will impact it greatly because it will become a focus of the session Although we have to bear in mind that um, there are, you know, so many other important matters that we have to deal with. So, as I said to my members who are calling and, and, and asking, you know, what, what are what we're going to do, I'm just saying we're just going to have to work work longer hours, later hours, 
and um, get more work done in our 60-day session because we can't really, we really don't want to start expend, ex- extending it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to do a lot more work during the committee weeks, which start in December. Um, the governor may or may not call a special session on property insurance. We don't know because we had just passed a bill this summer. There's a lot of unknowns mm-hmm. right now. And here's the other thing a lot of people don't um uh, don't understand. You know, the legislature is not in session. We, don't, we have no committees meeting. Uh, in in a disaster like this, the um, executive branch basically is in charge. So the governor, through his agencies, is managing the show. And that's the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. It was the way it was during Irma and Michael and Charlie and, and Donna and everything. So... Um, Although the legislature can reach out to the agencies, which we do daily, hourly, uh, the gov- so all the money that's being spent right now is through the governor's office. Uh, we're going to end up having to sort of pick up the pieces at the end to confirm the expenditures and make sure that we're going to have enough money to move forward. So, for example, last week I was in Tallahassee for the Legislative Budget Commission to authorize additional dollars to the governor for um, uh, Hurricane Ian um, expenses. So it, it, it's pretty complicated, uh, and our work really starts uh, after November when we start crafting budget for next year. And, you know, a lot of our contingency dollars we're spending right now, so we have to make sure we somehow make that up. Yeah. Well, I tell you, the governor's just uh, the idea of the Sanibel Causeway and other uh, projects that he's taken yeah. on and just gotten done in days, actually. Normally would have taken with all the processes required years to get all that stuff done. Yeah, and I, I've been uh, communicating with the Florida Department of Transportation, and I can't say enough about their dedication, uh, their just uh, brilliance in executing a plan. You know, they... Uh, uh, the bottom line is with technology and the the knowledge that our Department of Transportation has, they were able to craft a solution um, and implement it quickly, uh, you know, working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they're, they're really, I'm really proud of, mm. of their work. Um, and, and, you know, we should thank them every, every time we see them because they, they've done a yeoman's job just as, the Florida Department of Emergency Management. Uh, I was up in the EOC in Tallahassee, and the people in that in that facility were m- many of them have not gone home yeah. since uh, uh, Ian struck. Well, and they have been so well coordinated. Uh, the governor picked some really good heads of uh, these agencies. Well, it's great to hear. I, one of the things that concerns me, of course, I, we know that our uh, insurance companies are downgraded in Florida. We, property insurance is a problem. And I'm just curious about citizens insurance and how it may have done during the hurricane. Uh, any thoughts on well, that? Yeah, this is a different storm than Irma or uh, Michael, because this was a water storm. And uh, we'll see how that pans out. Most of the damage was done by flooding, not by uh, wind. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't, uh, don't realize that their homeowners' policies don't cover flooding. They only they cover, you know, wind and, and the like. So uh, the 
the like in my house, uh, I had no wind damage. I had no roof tiles, but no windows broken, nothing. I just had a storm surge sweep through my house. So the only coverage I'm going to have is my flood insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that only covers uh, $250,000 uh, and 100000 in personal property. So uh, I'm going through the tedious task of, of uh, calculating all those expenses. So, so, and the flood insurance uh, companies are, are funded through FEMA, the federal government. So I don't, unless we get into one of those uh, situations where people are filing false claims for uh, wind damage, we won't have as many claims huh. on homeowners' policy. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, nevertheless, the fight goes on in order to somehow get more insurers in here that are highly qualified to uh, to take on risk, uh, that, that right. that's still going to be a process. Well, yeah, and, and you know, I, I, I'm still uh, waiting to calculate, or we are calculate what's going to happen with those uh, uh, people that had uh, mortgages, and, you know, if you only have 250 in flood and your mortgage is higher, how, you know, how are we going to rebuild? And, and uh. there's all kinds of programs out there that, you know, for the flood issues, you know, there, again, is the flood insurance. FEMA provides, um, I think it's 37000 or something. And, and then uh, some people can get an, uh, a low-interest SBA loan. So it's a very um, complicated process, and I'm, I'm recommending people that have had damaged by the hurricane to go up to one of the disaster recovery centers. We have one at Veterans Park in Naples to to uh, learn what all the options are. That's a um, great the idea. The second issue is rebuilding. Um, the city of Naples has uh, relaxed its uh, permitting for those people who are just repairing exactly what they had before. Yeah. Uh, so the question is, are people going to go in and try to do additional upgrades or whatever? And the city's saying, if you're going to do that, you got to get permits. Yeah. You have to get more permits. So there's so many challenges uh, to this. Uh, the next several months are going to be very difficult. Well, well thanks for uh, filling us in on that, Kathleen. I really appreciate your perspective and your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well, thank you. Everybody's got a story, don't they, about this hurricane, and uh, one's <laughs> sadder than the next. All right, coming up, I'm going to visit with Boo Mortensen, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor.
Finish what you started with a Hodge University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Uh, we're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure, and I have to say I've only been back a week, but I am astounded at the amount of progress and hard work that has been going on to clean up Naples. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure it's going on in Marco and in Fort Myers. It's extraordinary, Bob. I mean, every day, more and more refuse is being picked up. Things are getting back in shape. It's, I am just flabbergasted. Well, you know, uh, the uh, leadership start, starts at the top, and our governor, I think, has just done a great job of clearing the way to get this work, getting more people down to support us and help us uh, to clear the rubbish and all the, the waste and so forth, and then rebuilding the causeways, and uh, and then neighbors helping neighbors. It's just amazing how people are kind of stepping up and supporting each other. They sure are. You know, it's just, it's it's heartwarming. I think we've had so many, so much strife. So much anxiety about what's going on in the world, about our leadership of our country. You know, midterms, I mean, you know what people have, anxiety. And to see everybody put that aside and say, I'm going to help you out. I'll be here for you. How wonderful. It shows you, the, the it reaffirms your faith in humanity. Yeah, it really does. Neighbors helping neighbors. I mean, uh, woke up one morning and realized my cars had been flooded and, and both... Both of them had been damaged, or damaged, so they were unusable. And I uh, realized if I was going to get anywhere, I had to walk. <laughs> and, and oh, there you go. I had a real sense of anxiety, and my neighbor said, Bob, if, if I can support you in any way, I do have a car. I'll take you someplace. And took me over to get uh, to a couple of dealerships. One was closed, and he took me to one that was open, and I bought a car. So uh, couldn't that, you know, you, you get stuck in those types of situations, and uh, and then another uh, friend of ours said, uh, well, look, uh, we've got some space. Why don't you come stay with us while your electricity and water and everything is down? So it's so nice. Oh, that's great. I thought maybe you had stayed there and just kind of gutted it out. Well, we did for the longest time, but finally uh, we lost the uh, generator to here in the building. And uh, oh. th that mean meant loss of water and so forth. It got very uncomfortable. So <laughs> our great building manager actually came up with a couple of staff and uh, with some lights because there's you know in the hallways and in the stairwells there's absolutely you can't even see your hand in front of your face you know it's so dark 
and they right. came up with uh, commercial style lighting and uh, helped walked us down to uh, to get in the car and go over to a friend's house. So, and we stayed there for a couple of days, and then everything was back in order. Back on track. Yeah. Well, so I was at a car dealership yesterday getting oil, and my car changed. And the guy that was helping me said that he works with these companies that are hauling all these cars out, yeah. these damaged cars. He said last week alone, just last week, and just in Naples, not Marco, not Fort Myers, they hauled out 4,000 cars. Yeah. I mean, that's extraordinary. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean... Uh, 4,000 in a week. Yeah, and, it, you know, the and, and the process is... I got on my, my insurance adjuster and talked to her about the, the problem that we were having. She said, well, both of those cars are ruined because you had saltwater intrusion. They're done. So uh, we're going to write them all off. And um, I think what they must do with these cars after they own them is they take them and try and refurbish them and see if they can't sell them again. But uh, it's a... It's I'm not sure if they've got damage by saltwater that they're usable. I was told by this guy... <clears throat> that a lot of what they do is they just strip them down for parts because basically the car is worthless. Yeah, well, that's probably probably the case. I, I just, I, I have thought about that. Just made wonder because they give you two prices. We're going to give you, you can take a full loss and, and we'll send you a check minus your deductible. Or you can take a smaller amount, which is a couple thousand dollars difference really. But, you know, how do they make that couple thousand dollars up? They have to do something with a car. Do you? But your point is, is a good one. They probably just do it for parts. Yeah, because I, I think that with the saltwater damage, at least from what this guy said yesterday, is that it, once it's damaged, it's damaged. Now, you may get it to run for a short period of time, but yeah. it's basically damaged. And what somebody said is that they're basically cutting the cars in half huh. so they can't be resold. Huh, that's so interesting. Well, you know... Uh, Everything we lost uh, I, for the longest period of time. I've been saying when I got to get down in the garage and clean out the storage area. <laughs> no, it's ah. all it's all been washed away. We have nothing in storage anymore. And when I say nothing, what I mean is we, I had custom built ca cabinets built down in the garage to have extra storage. Gone. Everything's gone. Bicycles, you name it, whatever was in there, it's gone. Luggage, Christmas yeah. decorations, all gone. Right. Exactly. That's what happened here as well. And, you know, my feeling is if you can't exactly remember what you had in your storage, who cares? Right. Well, you're right. Uh, and, and, you know, and back to your original point, we're, we should all be so grateful for that we were healthy and alive, you know. Uh, and I, we've talked to people that have lost everything, literally everything. I just talked to our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo, who was standing in the street because she didn't have a cell for, uh, service. And uh, she, she said that, the, that her whole bottom floor of her, of her home was washed away be, uh, because of uh, the damage. Oh, my. Yeah. Yes. Oh, isn't that? That's just terrible. Where are these people going? Well, she pointed out that she's staying with the neighbors. The neighbors invited her to come stay with them. So, again, you know, people helping people. It's just amazing how uh, it just reaffirms, uh, you know, we are a community, right? Yes. Yeah. It's. It is shocking. I went downtown on last Friday for dinner thinking, you know, I wonder how this is going to go. I don't know if you've been downtown. There are a lot of areas, a lot of the older homes, the old Naples homes are, are totally destroyed. Yeah. There's huge uh, piles of refuse from houses, drywall, carpeting, 
sofas and tables, that sort of thing that's out on the curb. But Fifth Avenue is up and running. Yeah, it sure is. I was astounded. Yes, it is. And the restaurants are full. Yeah. They are full. I've gone to three restaurants in the last week, and I can say that every single restaurant is so crowded, you're kind of like, wow, I thought people weren't coming down. I thought they were staying away. They There wasn't there weren't that many people here and nope a lot of people are here yeah well it's of course a lot of people have been just isolated and with no electricity and so forth i mean somebody you know it's just want to celebrate and get back out that uh, we're getting at least close to normal in terms of getting our lives back so it's a great thing you know boo it's so nice to have you back on the show i genuinely appreciate your commentary here thank you yeah great to be with you thank you so much boo Thanks to be with you. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting choicesocial.us, the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be or visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and uh, we, we've got 
some human hurricanes that don't. Oh, I know. It's so true. Seton, you wrote such an interesting piece. It's called Zombie Big Tech Apple Steals Admits Stealing but Keeps Suing Anyhow. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, this is this goes back years. Um, of course, you know, for people who don't know, the, the only thing that makes an iPhone interesting is the chips in the phone. And the chips are made by a little company in San Diego called Qualcomm. And I think they started using Qualcomm's chips in 2011 um, for, for iPhone 2 or 3 or whatever. But that's when it really started taking off because these are the best chips. Uh, you know, they make the, everything you like to do on your iPhone is because of the chips that Qualcomm. Huh. Uh, it's, that's pretty much the way it is. So anyway, in 2017, in the midst of many signed and notated contracts, to pay Qualcomm a minuscule amount, literally less than 1% of the cost of an iPhone for the chips to, to, to make the iPhones work, you know, six years worth of contracts in. Over, you know, over the years, Qualcomm develops new chips and, and Apple develops new iPhones. Well, anyway, in February of 2017, Apple says, oh, you know what, we're not going to pay you anymore. <laughs> we're we're going to stop... I know we're contractually we're in the midst of all these contracts where we're obligated to pay you. We're going to stop paying you. We're still going to continue selling the iPhones with your chips in them, but we're not going to pay you for them. Huh. And and we're going to sue you to get out from under the contracts we signed. So that went on for years, like for two years, more than two years. In February, I think in 2019, um, Apple and Qualcomm globally settled because it wasn't just lawsuits in the U.S. It was all over the world, uh-huh. obviously, because iPhones are sold all over the world. And they, they settled. And Qualcomm got, uh, it was estimated, because, of course, it's secret, but a, a, a UBS insider said it was like between 5 and $6 billion in makeup money that Apple paid Qualcomm. And then the royalty rate went up on the chips as, as a punishment for jerking people around you know including qualcomm uh-huh. well did apple stop at that point after i mean they, you know when you settle like that you're saying I, we did it we did it no we had con- you know they had contracts there were email there were internal emails from from apple from apple engineers were like we tried to come up with a better solution than qualcomm's chips and there aren't any i mean it was they had emails like that in the internal emails as evidence so anyway they settled Okay, that's Apple saying, okay, we get it, we, we, we stole them, et cetera. But then they kept suing to undermine the patents that they're obligated to, that oblig, the, the, the three patents that obligate them to pay. Yeah. So after they tried to get out from under the contracts for the patents, they then sued to undermine the patents themselves. And that got all the way to, they, they tried to take it to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court just recently Said no, no, we're not, we're not throwing out these patents. Uh, once again, thank you, thank you, Donald Trump, for your appointees. Um, and and so, but, but that was the second trip back to the Supreme Court since the settlement. Yeah, by Apple after admitting they stole the, so, the access to the, to the patents to the chip. See, my my and comment the, about this was, is it's so interesting. Qualcomm is not a small company, so Apple, of course, is a big company. And uh, well, I mean, Qualcomm. I, when I looked it up yesterday, uh, the market cap of Qualcomm was roughly 150 billion. Uh, the market cap of Apple is 2.3 trillion. 
Well, so, my my point is that, that it's it's really bullying, isn't it? It's financial bullying, and we're sure. we're going to take what you what uh, you. We know it's yours, but we're going to take it, and we're going to take it because we're bigger than you, and we've got more money, and we can uh, outlast you in court. That's and, and and like you said, fortunately, Qualcomm's large enough to, to put up a fight. Yeah, most of these inventors are not; they're first-time inventors or early, early inventors, and they don't have the capital to fight this for two years in court. We're now going on five years, over five years. And it's just, it's so absurd. And again, it, remember we talked about the American Invents Act, the patent reform bill, quote unquote right. reform. Did the reform address any of this stuff? No. No. Because big tech doesn't want to address this stuff. This is how they steal patents. It's cheaper for them, as big as they are, it's cheaper for them to steal it and fight the lawsuit than it is to pay for it, even though the royalty rates are ridiculous. The new royalty rates, after the settlement, we're between five, I think it was, I'm trying to remember now, it was eight and nine dollars an iPhone. Well, the cheapest brand new iPhone 14 is four, 800 bucks. Wow. So you're talking about 1% of the cost of the phone, and we went through, we've gone through five years of litigiousness because Apple doesn't want to pay 1% on the retail price of an iPhone to the people who make the iPhone work. Yeah. The object lesson here is, is huge, though. I mean, this is the kind of environment we have right now. Uh, very litigious. And for, for inventors that don't have the capital Qualcomm, people, uh, they, they can be taken advantage of so easily and uh, lose everything as a consequence. It's going to certainly dampen the enthusiasm for inventors to bring things to market. That's exactly right. And, and, and then China, on the other hand, one of the dumb things is, as I said during the process, was... Apple could continue selling the products while this whole thing was sorted out in the courts. We don't have an injunction process. China has installed an injunction process where if there's a question about whose patent it is and whether, you know, the, the, you can't sell, the product freezes. You can't sell the product anymore. Huh. And so, you know, that has some downside, but it has some upside too, especially now as tilted against inventors as our system is. To be able to at least stop them from selling the product, because now you're diluting the market, right? Right. If, 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 so, you know, say you're a small inventor, and you're this big company's diluting is mass manufacturing your product. Well, by the time you get through all the court system, even if you can, the market's diluted. Everybody's got the, you know their version imprinted on their brains, not yours. Right. So it's 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 really it's everything it's everything has gone wrong for inventors since the since 2011 in the United States. Well, we better pay attention to this because uh, uh, the United States has been a country of innovation and creativity, and uh, we're going to dampen the enthusiasm for that if we don't uh, fix the system and do it soon. Seton Monley. We got the enthusiasm. We're going to dampen the investment. <laughs> exactly. Seton Monley, founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, I'm going to visit with my lovely life, wife, Linda. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network.
Blue Provence is one of only 97 restaurants worldwide to receive Wine Spectator's prestigious Grand Award, and they've received it for the eighth consecutive year. Blue Provence Restaurant is temporarily closed for renovations due to damage from Hurricane Ian, and they look forward to serving you again in the near future. In the meantime, you can enjoy their grand award-winning wine list with unbeatable prices on more than 2,500 wines by visiting Blue Provence Fine Wines at 1234 8th Street South, Monday through Saturday between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. Check out the vast wine selection by visiting Blue Provence on Facebook or visit the easy-to-browse website blueprovencefinewines.com. Visit blueprovencefinewines.com or if you need help, you can call Jacques directly at 239 239- 821-6772. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services LLC, can help. With the exclusive confident retirement approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239 325 1041. That's 239 325 1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services LLC, a registered investment advisor. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best and also building a beautiful performing arts center in downtown Naples. It's going to be absolutely fabulous. You can find out more and get tickets for performances by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us my lovely wife, wife Linda. Why do I say life? Wife. I, I Maybe it's the same and one I have same. no idea. <laughs> one and the same. Anyhow, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. So a lot of news coming out about Hunter Biden, more revelations about business dealings with the Chinese and the Russians and so forth. And not only that, the FBI has known about it all along and has been covering it up. Um, Chuck Grassley, the senator from Iowa's, uh, found out more stuff about his his nefarious dealings, and it's just it it's getting too big to ignore. Well, and I also read that uh, uh, Durham in his invest there's a court trial trial going on with Dashenko, I believe. It's it's was given to the jury yesterday. Given to the jury yesterday. So uh, basically, uh, Durham's point of view is: look, the FBI either demonstrated real incompetence or partisanship, or, or they well, they've been weaponized. Yeah. But he uh, he pointed that out. So, uh, you know, I know uh, things are moving so slowly though with regard to. We heard that the, they had the, we got the goods on Hunter for this uh, 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 this uh, I guess this, he's a uh, official in uh, Delaware, well, probably a state uh, uh, attorney general or whatever. Anyhow, he's got the goods on Hunter, doing nothing. Yeah, well, doing nothing. But you know what? It's just becoming so blatantly obvious. I mean, this whole Biden. Um, what do you call it? A, 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 a like a mob family is yeah. being more and more exposed all the time. And it, actually, they said this morning on the news something that I've said all along uh, since the beginning is is that um, hiding what Hunter has done was one of the reasons that Biden ran for president yeah. because they didn't think that he, they could go after him if, if Joe Biden was president. It makes perfect sense. 
Yeah, it sure does. Well, and, and now uh, the revelation that apparently the, the oligarch in Russia invested $20 million in a, uh, business dealings and real estate dealings uh, with Hunter, uh, and I'm sure 10% going to the big guy. You know, it's it's so interesting because if you watch Biden, so he was out in, in California and Oregon and, and Washington and drew a crowd of almost zero. Mm-hmm. And yesterday he did absolutely nothing. And now he's going up to Pennsylvania um, with Obama to try and um, steer the election towards John... Fetterman? The creepy Fetterman. Fetterwoman? Yeah. <laughs> what a bozo. And by the way, those debates last night, um, since I brought up the elections, uh, were really telling. They were really telling. Well, you know, we, we know that J.D. Vance did a great job last night in uh, his debate. Apparently, uh, uh, the Kemp in Georgia did a nice job against Tracy uh, Tate. What is her name? Abrams. Stacey Abrams, Stacey right. Abrams. Well, I mean... All he needed to do was read off the laundry list of the nefarious things she's been in, involved in, and he didn't even need to, um, you know, he didn't even need to invent stuff. She's she's just, she was on the defense the whole night. It was that's great. What, that's what I understand. There were other debates too last night, but uh, the point being is that right now the needle is lose, moving cl- as people started to pay attention, making the decisions about who to vote for. The gap between the Republicans and the Democrats is growing, 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 and I think. Once you take a look at your paycheck, once you take a look at your buying power, once you take a look at the loss of earnings and so forth, I mean, people are just basically to say, we need a change. And, and that's what they said this morning on the news, is that, is that the Democrats have nothing to run on except abortion. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, the, at what people are concerned about, that's next to climate control, the last on the list. Uh, climate change. I think that the uh, was seventh ranked seventh in terms of concerns of the American people. Number one, of course, is the economy and inflation. That's the biggest concern that Americans have right now. So that doesn't seem to be going away. Nothing's going to change here in the next three weeks. What do you- I, I think? I think the next three weeks, starting right now, are going to be red hot. I think they're trying to put Bannon in prison before the election. They want The DOJ has um, recommended six months, and they they're looking to to make that happen as of Friday. They don't want him on the air before the election because they know yeah. that you see how powerful he is in, in the posse. Well, here's the thing that happens, though. Of course, they do this. They try to do this with Trump and Mar-a-Lago and so forth. If they do that uh, to Bannon, you know what's going to happen? They're going to deify Bannon. Now, all of a sudden, people are going to rally around uh, him and rally, uh, rally around the situation. It's going to further be a black eye in terms of the uh, Department of Justice it's just uh, these people just are making things worse and worse for themselves. By the way, let's can I just steer this conversation? Something that just popped into my head. Sure. This whole January sixth thing that yeah. that is turning into the biggest farce. Yeah. Um, nobody cares about it. Well, nobody cares about it, but they showed that Nancy Pelosi was involved with it. She had a, she had a film crew filming um, stuff to show the January sixth committee how she was trying to veer off a threat from Donald Trump. It's the most made-up garbage I have ever seen. I know, I know. Uh, they're liars, but not very good ones. Well, and the FBI <laughs> was involved with that, too. They were trying to <clears throat> st- gin up the crowd and all that. Well, Just, and, and then, oh, by the way, one of the, um, one of the, I can't remember, one congressman said, I don't know if it was Kinsinger, no, it was somebody else, said that January 6th was worse than 9-11. Yeah. January 6th was worse than 9-11. Can you just imagine? Well, they think we're stupid. They well, think the American people are stupid. 
You know, there is an alternative to that. It's their stupid. Well, they're they're just in their own bubble in in yeah. in their own, and they just shoot talking points that bounce off each other, and they don't bother to go out in the in the real world and find out what American people really think. Yeah, and there's an FBI agent in Florida. He's he's going to whistleblower now, and he's basically saying he was asked uh, because of January 6 to be a, the lead investigator on a couple of things. And he says, "Why me? I'm down here in Florida. Why? Why would I do that?" And uh, it said he said breaks the protocol and and the rules that we have at the FBI. And they said, "Well, we want you to do it anyhow." He's been suspended now, uh, but basically the FBI is now saying we're trying to make the process. For example, going up with guns drawn and all that kind of thing, making the process so hideous and so awful for these people that uh, they, you know, it'll be a deterrent for people to be a supportive. Uh, Donald Trump or supporting, uh, trying to make everybody an extremism, uh, a, a dem- domestic extremist. Talk about, talk about deifying somebody. These people have been scared to death of Donald Trump since the moment he won the election. Yeah. And they can't, it's like he's living rent-free in all of their minds, and they're doing everything. Don't they think that it's pretty obvious? Yeah. I mean, if he's so, if he's so, horrible why would they need to do anything well yeah i mean barry uh obama uh pointed out that hey guys we got to stop talking about trump <laughs> it's not helping it's us a little late yeah i know it it's is a little late. late i mean you know who's who's absolutely obsessed is as um uh liz cheney yeah. liz cheney is has absolutely lost her mind she has she's absolutely lost her mind and and she still continues to move, I mean, and last week they voted, the January 6th committee voted unanimously to subpoena Donald Trump. He's going, great, yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Just tell me when. Yeah, i got to bring my records, too. i got to bring all the stuff. <laughs> because he wants to adjudicate the entire election in 2020. So. And they're just, and guess, guess what has not been issued to Donald Trump? A subpoena. That's correct. Oh, my goodness. Well, and, and by the way, if they, wanted to, if they wanted to do this, so Bannon get rid of him and thought... Having him testify was a good idea. Why did they wait till now? Why did they wait till the last minute? Suspiciously convenient. Oh to boy, the, to the elections. They are looking like a bunch of clowns. That's for sure. Linda Harden again. Always appreciate your commentary and uh, opinion here on the show. Thank Thanks. you so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have uh, great guests, including Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato. Well, he, I should say, former chairman of the Cato Institute and uh, uh, constitutional scholar emeritus at the uh, Cato uh, Institute. We'll also visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>